Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy, trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. <laughs> Meowdy. Meowdy. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> All right, guys, we are at the end of the year, basically, for yep. Film Gazers. Uh, this is going to be the last full-length episode of 2023. Wrapping up season Dos. Two. Very uh, proud of ourselves. Right. feel like that is our biggest accomplishment. And I don't even think we ever got off schedule. No, never. We have stayed on schedule amazingly through some serious shit uh, yeah in our personal lives actually. yeah a lot of just random stuff too like just even just even that we've managed to do it like day to day and never have missed yeah like oh we're off a day or this or that we've always somehow made it work mm-hmm. i think it just proves that if you prioritize something enough you know the universe aligns for you hopefully hopefully i mean yeah i think we i think we uh we're on top of it this year somewhat our New Year's resolution will be, again, to kind of kick it up a notch on the social media, <laughs> spread the word a little bit more, and we'll just be generally more active, and we're also going to kind of focus on doing these mini-sodes as well, uh, throwing those into the mix, um, just because it's fun, and we're able to do that kind of commitment, you know, it's not as intense as a full-length episode. Right. And we're still always consuming media, so why not? Exactly. <laughs> uh, with that, that kind of segues into um, this episode. Of course, we are doing the Harry Potter, kicking that off. Um, for me, is the eight nights of Harry Potter I do. So I have decided I will do, like, a mini-series, basically, that's going to start... Um, uh, maybe a little after this releases, and it's just going to be movies two through eight, and uh, just mini-sodes, um, do a simple format, kind of, and tell you kind of my favorite scenes from each one, characters, gripes, you know, short and sweet. Uh, I thought it would be fun to do, and then if we're going to be doing our Dutch mini-sode as well that we have mentioned, <laughs> so we will get that out there, too, so... I mean, that's still a lot to cram in. That's a lot more film gazers uh, for the rest of 2023. Coming at ya. Coming at ya. <laughs> <laughs> and into the new year, we will be doing um, our aliens. We're still waiting. Still waiting, aliens. Still waiting. Tick tock, tick tock. Come get it again. And we'll be doing aliens <laughs> with an S. Plural. Plural. Um, and Predator 2. So we're going to look forward to that. And of Sa course. Fa sequels. Yes. It's hard to say real fast. Uh, and of course, the new year will bring new movies that we'll be watching and more, hopefully, mini-sodes and everything like that that we'll be throwing into the mix. Yes. And hopefully way more active on the social media. Yeah. A little more lists, a little more fun things. A little list, a little blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> So for something uh, fun at the end of the year... Uh, what were some of your favorite films this year? New and maybe even just what we did on the podcast, too. Um, I really loved uh, the Barbie movie, actually, mm -hmm. that I just watched yes. last night. Yes, that's um, what... It premiered last night on HBO. 
I want to watch it soon, too. I know it had just came out. I'm doing my Harry Potter, though. I was like, right. Barbie must I wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it is two hours, so. Yeah. yeah. It's thrown there with also, you know, long-ass Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited, though. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It. Yeah. Um, and I also super enjoyed Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen I that one yet, either. That one was super cute. Cute. Uh, what about from the podcast this year? Any um, I really enjoyed watching Thelma and Louise again. Yeah. Um, that was a good throwback for me. And Romy Michelle. Um, super enjoyed those too. Those were good nostalgia movies. Yeah, you were into the Friendsgiving theme this year. <laughs> yes. Nice, nice. Yeah, some of mine. Uh, I didn't see a ton of like new releases this year, but I did like the Dungeons and Dragons movie for a theater film. It was just a lot of fun, like yeah. that kind of um, movie theater watch, you know. And then, uh, oh, and you and I both loved the new Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, film. That one was great. That's kind of, I think, all the like newer movies. And I will be seeing Barbie, but I just I haven't yet. Um, I've kind of been having fun going back, catching up on stuff just I've missed or rewatched. I really enjoyed out of what we covered this year was Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Like, that was probably <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> it was just a lot. Of, I just really enjoyed it. Um, and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, too. I'm glad I... That was my choice, then. Yes. And then I had a lot of fun during our Nick Cage appreciation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always a good time. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of the standouts for me this year. And, of course, uh, this is kind of along the lines of uh, what we've been watching and doing. But I also finished Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And it's definitely... You graduated. Uh, it's one of my acop- accomplishments this year, as well as one of the things I've enjoyed. Like, I am an official DBZ fan. <laughs> I nice. have seen every episode, and I'm going to continue watching all of the other series. So, I have decided to be committed. Nice. Yes. I've also finally uh, caught up on... We also caught up on... This other anime we watched, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, it's a really good one. It's a modern. It's, like, coming out. Um, I think even the manga might still be being written kind okay. of thing. Yeah, it's, like, new. It's really crazy so far. <laughs> and I've only We've only watched the first couple episodes of the new season. Uh, again, if you're an anime fan, recommend that one. Uh, also, a lot of Forensic Files. My little Before Night yes. Night show right now. Yeah. It's been lulling. I watched that earlier in the year a lot. Me to sleep. He's got a soothing voice that uh, it, he really hosts. does. I'm like, it feels a little more like the holidays when I watch Forensic Files. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that one where they caught him because he stepped on a hot dog bun, and I was like, "There you go." <laughs> like footprint in a hot dog bun. Yeah, I mean, it's just a great show. Yeah. Uh, We've also found our Magic the Gathering cards. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, Andrew had been, like, kind of reorganizing his uh, office, like, game room a little bit. And, uh, yeah, found... We have a whole bunch. Like, we have, like, every color of the decks or whatever to make enough. And so we, like, remade some decks. And we've been playing each other in the evening oh, sometimes. nice, nice. I've been uh, using a black deck. He's been playing with a white deck. Um, his is kind of a little more like healing or kind of debuffs and he has like angels and shit. And I have like zombies and vampires oh, and I can totally like life drain style. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm getting back in the hang of it. We used to play a little more often, um, I mean, years ago now. So that's been fun 
also to kind of pick back up. And mm-hmm. we had a movie night and we watched uh, John Cusack and Gross Point Blank where he is like an assassin, like hitman mm, okay. kind of thing. And he goes back to his high school reunion. Oh. <laughs> so oh, maybe I is, haven't seen that one then. It is zany. Um, Andrew was like, this is definitely your kind of movie. Like, Because <laughs> if I was younger and had seen this around, I think it was 97 to 99, maybe sometime within that. If I would have seen it when I was a teenager, oh yeah. Like I would have. Fucking love that movie. It was very like, it wanted to be like Pulp Fiction-y a little bit. Okay. And I have to say it is the most handsome John Cusack like has been to me. Yeah. Like just the way he, like his hair and everything. He looked very, he's very cute in it. Minnie Driver is in it as well. And she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It, again, it was just, it has really off the wall kind of thing. And it has just my sense of humor a little bit too. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I can't, if you missed it, if it flew under your radar, cause it, like it did for me, definitely give it a shot. It's was a good it one time watch. It wasn't, I did have to rent it on Amazon, but it okay. was cheap. It was, you know, like three bucks or whatever. So definitely worth it in my opinion. Like I said, Andrew thought it was a little like too zany and kind of stupid sometimes, but that's, it's one of those irreverent, like nineties indie kind of films, you know, like mm-hmm. you just don't get those kind of movies anymore. Uh, it's very of its time. Yeah. <laughs> So, I enjoyed it, though. Uh, What else have you been watching? I found this awesome show um, on Peacock called Mm -hmm. In Ice Cold Blood. It is a murder, um, you know, true crime Mm -hmm. show hosted by Ice-T. Oh, my God. Seriously? (laughs) Yeah, and they're like, and they murdered him in ice cold blood. Oh, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> and it has some, and it's one of those where it shows like some of the real crime scene photos. Oh and, God, like, yeah, those are like the like murder porn. Yeah, yeah. And it's like has interviews with the like the parents of the victims. Yeah, and, you know, like, Ooh, a, yeah, the more intense. One. It's a good one. I'm like, damn, it's fucked up. <laughs> I don't know if those are too much for for Andrew. They don't. I mean, like it's. They don't go into every single okay, detail okay, of, like, yeah. if somebody was tortured, they don't say... How they were tortured. Right. <laughs> okay, okay. So it's not that person. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like... It's still... It's like, I know he doesn't a have bit. a stomach, I think, for certain things. Because certain of the movies, you know, where they do, sometimes they go into a little more detail. Especially if it was, like, a serial killer, you know, yeah. where they kind of uh, have to... And, uh, well, I remember I was listening to a he's podcast. He's always like, how can you, yeah, he'll be like, good Lord, how can, I don't want to hear this, yeah. you know? So I'm like, ah, I try not to put on shows. And I had to take a break, because after a while, I was like. <laughs> it drains you. It Well, or you start thinking about it all the time. Like, it pops in your head when you don't want it to, and you're like, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Intrusive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, get out of there. I'm not watching this show. I'm not listening to this shit anymore. <laughs> that's the peril. Like, that's where I think people who, if you do, like, enjoy true crime. I, there's a do, line. Do, doses yeah. and there's a line. Like Because I like the more aspect of, like, you know, obviously, why do they do these things, you know? Yeah, that. I also like ones where they're unsolved and people are still actively trying to, to solve, solve the it. case. Yeah, that's yeah. the one Well, I like that to find I, it in how, how they solve mm-hmm. the case. Yeah, exactly. Thing. More from educational standpoints and then from... 
actively still trying to help investigations. Those are the, those are the ones I prefer because I think they're more in the territory of being helpful mm-hmm. and not just you know. You for, like the who done it aspect of uh, it. Yeah, more <laughs> of that. The who done it, and then also yeah, just like the let's seek justice as well. Like yeah. that's a big part of it for me too. Is I like ones that follow up. Like I don't want to know just about the crime. I need to know what happened in court right, in the right. proceedings. Like I want, I need to know that there had been justice for this mm-hmm. person. And yeah, in certain shows you don't get that. And then that's the ones that start weighing. I'm like, I can't keep consuming this because you're just going to be depressed like yeah. all the time. And nothing ever came of it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> just like crying in the shower. <laughs> downward cry roll. yeah like no i uh yeah Mm-mm. like sometimes um <laughs> doesn't take much for me to get to that point anyway so i don't need i don't God. need to push <laughs> uh, oh yeah and then you said you did barbie oh and that's mm-hmm. another mini so that jess might be trying to um as well because she hasn't yeah, done her own uh solo mini so yet so not. maybe she should go with barbie mm-hmm. i will test it out when i get home sweet <laughs> Anything else? Um, oh, me and my son went to the Gulfarium. Oh, nice. That's uh, a big low thing in our area. Yeah. Like, it's like the only kind of attraction. Like, it was like the earliest one, rather. Right. Not the only. It was just one of the very... And it's been around forever now. Right. And it's like a marine... It's... Maybe, does it say adventure park? I don't know. It's not really an adventure. It's a marine park. Yeah, it's like a marine educational park. If right, anything. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, there's not a whole lot to it, but they do dolphin shows and sea lion shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, my work is actually right next door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe they are going to be expanding it, though. Yes. Yeah, that was why um, they did increase the parking lot. And I think that's to come for they're going to be adding some new areas they're gonna add a whole new like dolphin pavilion Mm -hmm. um because i was looking at the map when i was there so that that was a bummer though that was closed off where you can see in the tank and you Mm -hmm. see the dolphins like in the tank um but they still had the giant aquarium where they had like the shark was like swimming around oh cool then we watched the dolphin show and i have not got to see the dolphin show since i was probably 10 years old i think i was also i think i was fourth grade when we went on the field trip because mm-hmm. that's like the rite of passage for probably like the tri-county area exactly in fourth grade <laughs> they take you to the gulf area exactly that's what you do in florida <laughs> but it was so it was still like to see dolphins that close and yeah. to see them jump at the same time like synchronized jumping yeah. and the way that they got to like touch them and pet them and like I legit got teary eyed. Thank oh. God I was wearing sunglasses because like I had like tears rolling down. And then the other day when I was brushing my teeth and I was just popped in my head. I'm such a baby. The dolphins make me cry. <laughs> the Hootie and the Blowfish song. <laughs> and I was like, I get it, Hootie. I understand. The dolphins made me cry too. (laughs) Oh my God. That's hilarious. Oh, you and Hootie. She had texted me like around Thanksgiving and was like, man, it's been a Hootie kind of (laughs) day. It was Thanksgiving day. For some reason, I just woke up and like with a Hootie and the Blowfish song in, in my head. And I was like, well, that's, that's the theme of the day. Putting it on while I'm cooking. That's amazing. Old lady millennial. So, in this episode, we watched 2001's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. 
philosopher's stone if you're nasty. I came up with that joke last night, and I was like, I got it. I got it. I didn't even write it in the notes, so you so wouldn't see, see it. it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. In all seriousness, that is the UK version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did they just dub over? Uh, no. Uh, fun fact, precursor. Uh, they did have the actors um, do different takes and w- would say uh, Philosopher's Stone for like a UK cut, I guess. So does Philosopher mean sorcerer over there? No. What it is is the Philosopher's Stone is a real, you know, like mythical thing, you know, that's been talked about and everything and literature and things like that. <laughs> and... Um, they basically were like an American audience is kind of dumb, dumb down, dumb down, and that they weren't gonna know what the philosopher's stone is. I I've never heard of it. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> so they called it the sorcerer's stone because they knew Americans knew what a sorcerer was. <laughs> like but I know a what a philosopher is, but they would, just... you would think of it more in a, like a Plato sense, right. maybe, and not in like the alchemical, I think is what the Philosopher's Stone okay. has okay. its, I think, origins from, I believe. See, I but I'm I also would... a stupid American. <laughs> See, my stupid American brain would think like alchemy, al- I can't say it. Alchemy? Alchemy would be more of like a scientist, not a philosopher. Well, I think that's just a term that was used back then mm, okay. kind of thing and it's still like the term's still familiar in the uk but obviously <laughs> you're an example of why I'm it was american i know what a sorcerer is <laughs> which way like, philosophers not magic <laughs> That's exactly, that's literally the reason. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> literally it. Philosopher does this, not this. <laughs> Thinking man, not wand man. <laughs> dumb. Caveman lawyer. <laughs> All right, she was a dumb American. <laughs> All right. It was directed by Chris Columbus. Screenplay by Steve Cloves. It was based on Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by She Who Must Not Be Named. <laughs> Produced by David Heyman. Starring Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson, Richard Harris, Robbie Coltrane, Alan Rickman, Warwick Davis, Richard Griffiths, John Cleese, Ian Hart, John Hurt, Fiona Shaw, Maggie Smith, Julie Waters. Dang. Walters. <laughs> Cinematography by John Seal. Edited by Richard Francis Bruce. And the music by the legendary John Williams. I know the music score. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released uh, November 4th, 2001. The UK got it November 10th. And November 16th was the United States. Yeah, it's six days earlier than bastards. <laughs> <laughs> it was an English film. You gotta get it <laughs> Running time, 152 minutes. The budget was $125 million. The box office was $1.024 billion. Whoa. Yeah. That was the first movie. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Because I really don't remember that much about this movie when it came out. 
But I didn't read the books then. I was in high school still. And I was like, this came out when I was in high school still? That blew my mind. I was I in middle was that school. I was yeah. in middle school. Like, I was the age for this. Don't also remember it at all. Yeah. I don't even remember the books coming out when I, I was I don't that either. Because I didn't read the books until I was like... I was 19. I think I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. I was 19. Like, it took me a little while to get... And then I wasn't a big fantasy reader to begin with. So maybe that might have been why. Mm. I was reading true crime and mysteries when yeah. I was uh, in in that age group for me. Well, because so. I remember going to the library to read the so-called Harry Potters that everybody was talking about, you know. And mm-hmm. it was probably at least six, maybe... Four to six years after the the movie even came out. Oh, okay. And I couldn't find the books in the library, and I had to ask the librarian. She's like, "It's in the young adult section." And I was like, "Fucking young adult books? <laughs> That's what everybody's talking about?" I was like, "That's weird." And this I, is obviously before uh, social media was uh, as yeah, prominent as yes. it is, and everything. You didn't. Uh, it's probably did. like two thousand four. Yeah. So it didn't even really exist yet. Or it was like early... 2005. What, early early YouTube, I guess, and yeah, kind of forum days early. a little bit. I think MySpace was around, mm-hmm. maybe? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think MySpace, okay. MySpace was still a thing. Gosh, it's all a blur! It's all, it's all a blur. <laughs> all right, so we'll get right into the fun facts. Warner Brothers was concerned about how much, like, the film was centered around magic and how much it would need to use it, basically, like, visually. You know, like, they're... Right. There are, producers are going to be like, okay, dollar signs. This is going to cost money. And then they also had a, a fear of the child actors, like, growing so quickly, you know, where they wouldn't be able to keep up, and it would just get out of control, basically, very quickly. Um, so they had considered doing an animated film. That was a big, hmm. like, consideration, I think, early on, um, as well as because Spielberg was interested in directing if it was going to be animated. I wonder why only animated. Um, well, just because it would be more affordable to, to oh, make it magical yeah. and everything. Okay. You know, like with what they were thinking, you know, this film would need to look like to kind of capture, you know, the books. Yeah. But uh, the author, of course, was against it um, and really wanted to have a live action. And then Warner Brothers eventually um, did decide that they could... Uh, do it back-to-back filming to where it would able to keep up with the aging okay. of the cast. Um, so they just did it straight through? Yeah. Yeah, back-to-back filming, basically. Oh, damn. That was, yeah, this was why it was, like, just a huge chunk of these actors' lives, for sure. Uh, so because this was going to be such a feat, there was a lot into kind of figuring out and creating the first film of this giant franchise. Um, now these facts, I'm not going to go deep into Harry Potter. This isn't that kind of episode and it's not going to be that kind of mini-sode either. So I just want to throw that out there straight away. This is a lighthearted, more approach. We do want to make a disclaimer straight away before we kind of go any further. Uh, if you haven't already caught, uh, we obviously do not agree with J.K. Rowling's mm-hmm. sentiments, statements, or ideas, uh, regarding her extracurriculars when it comes to her turf qualities like we don't we don't agree with any of that and we just want to point that out there uh it's kind of the disclaimer for the beginning of the episode we're not gonna harp on it too much because we want to focus more on the film the actors the director these people that made the movies happen um we both have read the books we do enjoy the books um but we also support the fact that 
no one needs to contribute to her financially anymore, you know, all that kind of thing. But you separate the art from the artist. Yeah, when it comes to, to doing this film series is what we're going to do. But we do want to point out that we're not going to go into a lot about her because we feel she doesn't need it. And if you want to know more about behind the scenes stuff, go to YouTube. They're so, I mean, they made films of how they were making it while they were making it, you know. Okay, so it is well known that the cast um, was required to be all British. Uh, that was why Robin Williams didn't get the Hagrid role. Mm. Um, there was also a couple of other, I think, American actors that Chris Columbus had a, initially been considering before that rule kind of came into effect and in the agreements of everything. Um, I do support that idea. It was a British story. It should be a British yeah. actor. And I think all the actors... I feel like it had the know, who's who of... Yeah, of the... Um, I would say British Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that's called over there. I, I don't know. Yeah, what do they call their movie industry? Um, <laughs> the BBC. Yeah. So Rupert Grant had sent a rap video for his audition. A rap? A rap video. Oh my goodness. That was about himself. He has yet to release it. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> I know everyone would, but he has never released it. I feel like he has turned into <laughs> a very handsome adult. Yes, he has. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is had, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and he had done uh, Charles Dickens' play, and that was kind of how he was on the radar. So he at least was uh, performing, um, or had already done some performances. Uh, but his parents, of course, almost didn't let him because they knew it was going to be such a huge feat. So they were, of course, worried about school and about... Uh, just the weight of fame, you know, that mm. kind of fame. Like, um, but of course, as we've uh, stated, um, J.K. Rowling seems to hate women. Uh, so Emma Watson had to go through a lot more to get her part, apparently. And she was the last girl to audition for the role at her school. Uh, she had to do multiple auditions, have phone conversations, and meet the author in person. So it kind of felt like she had to go through a little more hoops than uh, <laughs> everyone else. Maybe in the she film. just thought that much of Hermione. I guess that's what the uh, reasoning is behind it. I'm going to say it's because she hates women. <laughs> <laughs> so I do like to call Chris Columbus out. I think a lot of people give him shit because some people say, oh, these are the two worst movies. But I think they're perfectly. What, the first two? Yeah, yeah. Because um, apparently Terry Gilliam was the director that she that she who must not be named had wanted um okay but he's quoted as saying like oh well he was glad he wasn't picked because it would be such a huge undertaking and that he would be like a slave to the studio and like all this kind of like i'm a rock star like almost kind of like mentality <laughs> I don't want to be tied down i know baby. And he even called the first two movies like what is it shite like, I don't know. I thought it was a little kind of Is like... He British? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. He did uh, Time Bandits and Monty Python okay. and Terry Gilliam. He's a huge, um, like, indie kind of beat of his own drum a little bit kind of guy. So I get it, but it was almost like, I give Chris Columbus a lot of credit for these movies. I thought, um, yeah. He, I, like, I, I love watching the first one. Yeah, and he made them family friendly. And a big thing was that he was he knew how to direct child actors. And I think that shows. Mm -hmm. Like, So I don't think it's fair from um, a more professional critique, I guess. Maybe it's more from professionals that give him a hard time. But I think from an audience standpoint, he did well. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it was it's a huge undertaking. So I think he was as accurate as possible and did get the best out of the child actors because he did home alone 
and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, and the children in that, those films He did are those? The and what are they complaining about? Like, it, he's great. Exactly. I don't, I didn't go too, like I said, I wasn't going to go too far in the facts, but I was confused it's by... American? Maybe? That's I don't know. <laughs> that's what it is. You think that's what it is? But I like, no this idea. dumb American doesn't know anything about British culture. He got it all wrong. Uh, maybe. It's probably exactly what it was. <laughs> I don't know. But I uh, I think he did it good because that, that was another thing of when they casted the children that was important for him was that the children had a good family and support system. Because he said that was one thing. Uh, that he reflected on his work with Home Alone is Macaulay Culkin had a very problematic relationship with his family. And so the fame and success that he achieved only had made you know, things it, worse yeah. and intensified it. So that was a big thought. And that's what I think. I'm like... He was, seems like a good guy. Yeah, I was like, he seems like else. a legit good guy. Like, and all the stuff, if you watch behind the scenes of all those films, the kids even talk so highly of him. So I give him mad props. That's, it, just that's a good sign. Yeah. Oh, and so we talk about the music, of course, being super well known. So um, John Williams wasn't like the first, like pick. It was James Horner, who was, uh, of course, from mm-hmm. Titanic and Braveheart. He composed it, and he wanted to do a Beautiful Mind instead. He's quoted as saying art films as opposed to commerce films is what he prefers to do. But I'm like, what was Titanic if not a commerce film? That's an art film? No, it's not. I think it's just he's like, oh, I turned it down and I shouldn't have. I know, because, I mean, to me that would have been like an epic film. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was just an odd quote. But either way, I'm glad John Williams. could have done the movies for... Like 10 movies or whatever. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it was him being salty. (laughs) Being like, oh. I missed out because I only do art. Oh, I like I feel like you know, but I'm like, no, you're just salty that you missed out. Yeah, you passed, and you did a beautiful mind instead of Harry fucking Potter. Oh, that's what you said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, didn't didn't it win something? Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it did too. I'm just making, I'm just making jokes. Yeah, but you got one movie as opposed to eight. Oh, and one more fun fact, um, just because it was funny and gross. Is when they filmed all the feast scenes, the food is real food. So on the first day, all that food's legit real. And they're like, yeah, you can even really eat it. Go for it. You know. But it stays there? They keep it there because they're going to have multiple days of shooting all the scenes that revolve around that set, I guess. And so they said, like, by the fourth day, they're like, you could smell the set before you go on there. Because then it's just all rotting food. And then they had to pretend like they're, like, still eating around it. Isn't that disgusting? That's disgusting. I'm like, oh. They couldn't have got, like, like, a fake turkey, at least? Yeah, like, I'm like, why wouldn't you have just made most of it, like, fake and then, like, only had the The stuff that they were going to eat? Yeah, like an actual eating. That would make way more sense. I don't know. It was crazy. Because they can make some good food props, I'm sure. I have no idea. It seemed like a weird way to do it. Like, I remember doing that in art class with paper mache. I made a chicken leg and a dinner plate. I remember <laughs> And my that. corn on the cob, remember? Because I got my, from my home, my real yeah. corn on the cob things to stick in there. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it can be done, people. Um, <laughs> you don't have to sit around rotting food. Oh, man. So with that, uh, Jess is going to take it away with that Yego Godzama. On his 11th birthday, Harry Potter discovers that he is no ordinary boy. Hagrid, a beetle-eyed giant, tells Harry that he is a wizard 
and has a place at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. In his first year of magical education, Harry tackles a fully grown mountain troll, learns to play Quidditch, and participates in a thrilling live game of chess. So, as we've kind of already mentioned, we came into this series just in general kind of later, even though we were around the ages, like we were young adults when they were, everything was coming out. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of dropped the ball and missed it. <laughs> so we came into it later. Uh, again, I kind of almost every year, every other year, will do my eight nights of Harry Potter just because they're fun kids movie series. And... Uh, it just has like a wintry Christmas vibe mm -hmm. to me personally. So that's why it's fit in the questionable Christmas theme. Because I already watched the first four last month. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did make her watch uh, at least one again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's just get right into it. Um, so during this rewatch for me, I, again, was kind of putting more of our like film reviewer goggles on. And some of the things that I've noticed, one, I'm just still always, like, question why Harry was given to the Dursleys. Like, That's exactly like, what I said. McGonagall straight away is even, like, I've been watching them. They're, They're horrible. asshole people. Yeah. And they essentially, like, Dumbledore, like, literally exposes Harry to literal abuse. Yeah. And exactly. Horrible abuse. Horrible abuse. And it's funny because when Andrew and I, Andrew watched it with me. Most of it, anyway. I think he left eventually yeah. at one point and then came back. But um, he even was like, well, James, Harry's dad, you know, we find out later, is, like, kind of a really big dick. Like, I know. Like, honest. Yeah. Like, he really was. And you're surprised that he's not on some kind of, of the bully side, even in his young years or whatever. But that's what I kind of was like, is that why Dumbledore sent him into an abusive home? Because he knew if he was raised to be like the boy who lived, that he would, he would be, be like James and that it would all go to his head. He had to beat the meanness out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, did, did he allow him to be abused to like humble him? Maybe. <laughs> like, that would be... Gotta give him a slice of humble that pie. That would be insane. No, I uh, I am surprised, though, that he would... Yeah, I'm like, why would you subject him to this actual abuse? Like, that's what I'm saying. Making the kid humble is one thing. But, like, yeah, he literally was, like, lived in a cupboard. Under like, the under stairs. Under the stairs. Until he was literally 10. Mm -hmm. Or 11. 11, yeah. Because yeah. he doesn't even... He's not even allowed they to have the extra even room buy until the next clothes. movie. He had to wear Dursley's hand-me-downs, and that's why he wore that belt as tight as he could yeah. to keep his clothes on. He's like basically in a potato sack. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so messed up. And they really, I have to say all of the actors that play the Dursleys are just excellent. Mm -hmm. They do such a good job um, of just being complete fucking assholes. Like right. you instantly hate them. They do so well. Yep. So well. You love to hate them. So some of my, one of my favorite scenes in the first film 
is the descent of madness that the Dursleys go through when uh, Harry is getting his Hogwarts letter and how when they keep coming. And then <laughs> <laughs> the one part when he's like, no post on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you can see Sunday. <laughs> him just losing it. And then them being on like the fucking island. And like, mm. it's just so absurd and yeah. comical. And I really... I like that it kicked off that kind of humor that is kind of throughout the series a Mm -hmm. lot. So we get a fun introduction, um, I feel like, immediately into this world. And you get Diagon Alley. Um, We're getting all of the introductions. I mean, it really is the perfect setup, so that way it's... You can fully explain every step of the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, like, again, this is a family kids movie, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I expect from it. And certain things are going to be laid out, you know, in a nice order and and formulaic even. Um, But that's fine, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as the kids like it and they're having fun. That's what matters. Exactly. Because it's another thing I get kind of a little aggravated with, with things that are directed towards children, is when adults force their adult opinions and views on things that are obviously meant for a child's sensibilities. Right. Like, it's not for you. Exactly. Get over yourselves. You don't need to gatekeep. <laughs> yeah, children's movie. movies or you children know. enjoy it. That's all it that matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as long as they had fun. The only part that I did think was excessively cheesy was when they were trying to find platform nine and three quarters, and Mrs. Weasel is like, "Platform nine and three quarters, right this way." <laughs> <laughs> It's like very convenient. This I just <laughs> remember from that scene was her saying like, uh, like too many muggles. So there's always more muggles every year. Yeah. Or something Same like thing that. every year. Just muggles. Uh, just complaining about the muggles. Um, I feel I, like muggles, it would be hilarious if muggles was actually like a cuss word. <laughs> like all these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> These motherfucking muggles (laughs) on these motherfucking trains. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, and then we get our introduction to the Weasleys, um, who are, you know, some of the top-tier characters, obviously, in the Harry Potter uh, Mm -hmm. franchise. We also get Hermione, and I forgot what a fucking bitch she is I with her intro, and I love it. I know. I was like, I am here Little for it. Little Hermione. She is and so judgy. So cute. And she's just adorable, Emma Watson is. And you instantly kind of get the, all right, the gang's all here vibes. Exactly. They set you up all nice, um, and we get our Hogwarts introduction, which I think it holds up because they did it in the dark. Um, so you don't see how the CG doesn't hold up the greatest. Yeah. I'm glad it was just used minimally. Right. At least in this film. Mainly during your, the Quidditch scenes. Yeah. Um, and some of those were a little rough. they were like on the broom like, woo. Yeah. It wasn't like they were made of rubber. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that that definitely could be worth a little better. But I mean, it was 2001. It was 2001. You so, know, they yeah. did what they could. <laughs> But I think the practical effects of what they did with Hagrid and everything, um, mm-hmm. great. I think it, it was reminded really me well of um, like some Jim Henson creature, right? <laughs> Hagrid was like walking next to him. You know? Yeah, uh, Hagrid was definitely one of the funnest characters yes. um, in this. You really get uh, it's very endearing. The immediate bonding too that is supposed to be happening between Harry and Hagrid as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a good setup with Which that is relationship. good because poor 
Harry don't have nobody that loves him. I know. <laughs> but you find out that he is a rich little bitch. Yeah. At least um, he got that. We get our introduction. He got family. At least he got money. Uh, yeah. Well, his family <laughs> left him the money, so there we go. He got something. Um, you get your introduction to Gringotts Bank as well. Um... You find out he's loaded. They set you up with also Hagrid's doing Hogwarts business Mm -hmm. um, and get something from a vault. Like loose lips, sink ships, Hagrid. (laughs) (laughs) That is something where Hagrid is endearing, but damn, why does Dumbledore trust him that much with like knowing the thing? Yes, I trust you with my life to like protect me. And also to do things for you. Like, you know, no questions asked kind of bro. But But like, you don't keep those. Don't Lips tell him flapping. the super details. Yeah. yeah, don't don't do that. And he's kind of easy to manipulate, right? So because he's a big dumb giant. I... <laughs> okay, guys, we had to take a little break because my neighbors and their Mustang love to just sit idle in their driveway and for it up. 15, 20 minutes at a time. And it's only 60 degrees. There's no, like, needing to heat up your car here. It's fucking Florida. <laughs> Anyways. That's <laughs> We have our introduction to Hogwarts. And we also get the sorting hat now. And you kind of learn about the houses. Did you ever do the sorting stuff, like, online? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Pottermore? Yes, yeah. Like, that's how, that's, that's how old Raven we Con. are is when it was still called Pottermore. <laughs> what is it called now? Uh, the Wizarding World or, I don't know, something like that. They changed it. I guess years ago from Potter maybe they Warner. took it over with or merged it with Universal. Or maybe something. I have no idea. Like I'm not that involved in the fandom, so, so I'm not I don't either know. anymore. Um, I mean, I still enjoy it, but I'm not mm-hmm. like you know balls deep in it. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what house are you? I'm Ravenclaw. All right. That's how I knew was from my Pottermore test. Nice. And off the top of my head, I can't remember what my um, Patronus was now. Hmm. Oh, I don't remember mine either, I think. I feel like it was some kind of small dog. <laughs> nice. But I can't remember. I have no recollection of what my Patronus yeah. was. Um, I I was in a... I was grouped in Slytherin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mainly, I think, because of my... Uh, when I was younger, I was very ambitious. So I think that contributed a lot to it. It's a not because I'm... A bigot, it's just because I'm mean. <laughs> a bigot. I don't feel like Slytherins are all bigots. I feel like I a lot of like people, are... because they are basically the bad guy house, oh, okay. everyone, and you know, like, the bad guys in Harry Potter and Slytherin want, like, pure bloods. Like, you know, like, I'm like, I am oh, not. I'm not. Of uh, that Nazi. mindset. I don't think that's why I got Slytherin, guys. I think it's just because I'm kind of mean and I had a lot of ambition at the time. Mm-hmm. You will, you know, mine. Pushing people out of the way. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. That's what I, I could be a little ruthless, I guess. <laughs> but not where. But not, but not for those purposes. Right. <laughs> so that's why I kind of have a uh, uh, a love hate relationship. Because with, what uh, are you? Slytherin. You're not. Are you chaotic? Evil. I think I. I think I'm chaotic neutral. When I test on okay, like that's what I was, stuff. was chaotic but I might be chaotic evils, <laughs> <laughs> but but not in like we need to revisit these a tests classically again. evil way. It, it has been a long time since I did that Pottermore test. Yeah. About it. Oh yeah, I don't even know. And like I was I, younger and I was probably nineteen. Or maybe back then. <laughs> I don't know. 
I feel like Ray Paul's more like you sit back and watch before you make a decision. I feel like that's more of like what I think that is. Yeah, I think that sounds about accurate to me. And like I said, that's why with Slytherin, I think it's more of a, you know, you're ambitious. And like I said, maybe, yeah, maybe a little ruthless and you kind of, you want to do things to get them done, perhaps. Uh, Gryffindor the same way, but uh, they're more in the courageous. I feel like they have more of a... An outward self-confidence. Yes. While Slytherin is a more inside Mm self-confidence. Like, inward. Yeah. I guess, maybe. I don't know. Who cares about the distinctions of of fictional houses? Hufflepuffs (laughs) are the best friends. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and they're by the kitchen, right? So they get all the snacks. Mm, They're the best friends. (laughs) I know. So so really, Hufflepuff seems like it's probably where it's at. (laughs) Exactly. That's why um, when I choose my ambiance... For, you know, my living room and my YouTubes, I always go for a Hufflepuff house. Oh, nice, nice. I feel like that's the cozy. I always like the dining hall. <laughs> that's, really? Yeah. yeah, that's usually the theme I go with is when the dining hall is, like, all lit up. Yeah, like, I do. Yeah. Like, I, like, enjoy Because I've too. seen the ones where they do the common rooms yeah. and stuff, but I always go with, yeah, like, the dining hall or the great hall, whatever they call it. And then I like the Hogsmeade ones where it mm-hmm. shows the village of Hogsmeade. Yeah. That's the Especially ambiance. Especially if it's snowing. Yes, exactly. It's just fun. <laughs> So this also is the more mild-mannered Dumbledore, is what I call him. Yeah. Of course, we only get him for the first two films. He did, unfortunately, pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Dumbledore, I felt, did have more of that that twinkle in his eye of uh, that kind of almost calming, soothing feeling that Dumbledore exhibits to Harry sometimes in the books. That warmth. Yeah, the warmth. There we go. And then, but the later Dumbledore, I think also, one, we get more with him. So I think that's why we're like, oh, we kind of do like him maybe a little more or feel like he's more accurate. But I feel like because he grabs the intensity that later Dumbledore does have too. But I also feel like he's a little, like, the meaner Dumbledore. Yeah. You know, like, certain lines, how he chose to deliver, deliver them. them. Yeah, where as opposed to the book, you're kind of was like, ah, I feel like Dumbledore was a softer character, perhaps. Right. Um, but then it, it does kind of take a different tone because then the way Harry, like, yells at him, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally. Yeah. I mean, these are <clears throat> different movies, but. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Harry gives as good as he gets, you know what I mean? That's true. That's true. So, so, yeah, maybe the later Dumbledore could match that. Yeah, yeah. To where you're not like, why is Harry yelling at the sweet Dumbledore? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe that was a good that he played it maybe a little more that way as opposed to this one. But in this one, I think he's charming. And he was young, too. Like, Harry was only 11. So yeah. he needed that. That's true. You know? Yeah. Someone to just be nice to him for a change. Exactly. Because you stuck him in a home that for 11 years he didn't get that. He got mentally and physically abused. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Snape instantly gives Harry a hard time. Uh, And I'm like, Snape's weird obsession with this 11-year-old boy is creepy. I know, just because I'm like, because he wanted to bang his mom. Exactly. He's 11. He he has no idea who the fuck you are. I know. So why are you treating him like this? I know. And for him to write, he was writing down everything he said, like, oh, what? Yeah. I know, with the notes. Oh, that killed me. I was like, ah. Look on his little face. They do a good job of, uh, Alan Rickman does, of just being a complete dick in this one. And you really do not like Snape. Later, I like Snape as the complicated character he is. Mm -hmm. I don't like to romanticize Snape because he was a fucking dick, too. Like, a lot of the men in Harry Potter, um, like, from, I guess, that age group of where it's supposed to be James and Snape and the... Like, I think Lupin is, like... 
and OG. Um, he seems always nice. Uh, Sirius seemed like he was a dick. Sirius seemed like a dick. And I still go by the fact that Sirius was in love with James Potter. That's like a hundred percent. Like he was in love with James. He wanted to be with James in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I always interpreted the book. Yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. So, and he was just very. he thought of Harry as his son. Mm Mm-hmm. Him and James' son. Yeah. (laughs) what I'm saying. <laughs> Lily was fodder to him. Yeah. In that respect, so that's the vibes I got from Lily it. was like the fun aunt. Yeah. <laughs> they just needed her womb. <laughs> and we get... Uh, that's the movie I want to see. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, after this Three watch... Three <laughs> I had a different view of, uh, of quite a few different things, actually, with that. Because I was like, yeah, thinking, thinking like, fully into it and, like, seeing what you're watching in the first movie, knowing what's to come kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, hmm. Um, but pretty much uh, this one, though, is all about... Harry being introduced into the wizarding world and his beginnings and origins himself. Mm-hmm. He's finding out about Voldemort and everything like that. So now this this movie straight up is a setup movie, of course. Uh, one of the standout scenes, though, for me is when it's Christmas mm-hmm. and yes, he comes down the stairs and they go, happy Christmas, Harry. And he's like, happy Christmas, Ron. And he gets presents and he's so excited. Mm-hmm. And that again is one of the reasons why I chose this as like a Christmas, like yeah. why they feel kind of Christmassy a little bit. Cause you get every now and then and these, he gets his little sweater, these little scenes and he gets his first Weasley sweater. I know. So I love that they keep that up. And, uh, we also get, of course, uh, his intro into Quidditch as well. Uh, again, this is just all your intro film. Like, you know what to expect. Uh, and then we also establish, basically, when you think about it, Harry Potter basically is a jock. Like, out of their fin- friend group. He's the, the jock. Like, mm-hmm. he's okay at magic. Even later, he gets better. I feel better, like but... he, it's not him. It's Voldemort working through him. Mm-hmm. Because Voldemort and him was like the the horse. They have the connection, and he yeah. Has, yeah, like the powers that he possesses are yeah. Where you I feel, feel like, like Voldemort, you feel like those are Voldemort's. If he didn't have that, he probably would have been more of an just average a mediocre wizard, wizard and yeah. just really good at like a broom. And maybe he's still good at like dark arts defense spells. But I guess really that's the only ones you want to be really good at. Right? Exactly. So. so he's more of like the hero. <laughs> vibe anyway yeah uh but very much though like i said i got like jock vibes from i don't care i will always and forever love harry yeah always be my favorite character because of being abused his whole life and still wanting to do the right thing Mm -hmm. like not being like i'm gonna abuse somebody else yeah he didn't like let it jade him and stuff or get to him too 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 much and Ron, you get him being very sweet in this one as well, like more of the comedic. So yeah, he was very face. cute. I we've discussed Hermione being a know-it-all, but again, she is the star of this movie, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. the the substar. You know, like while everything's about Harry, it's Hermione figuring everything out. It was Hermione who kind of almost led a lot of the basis, even the flow of the movie, of the things that she contributes and does. Mm-hmm. Even her. You know, he fucking... And one thing that did piss me off about rewatching this one, though, was when Ron basically, like, makes fun of Hermione. Not yes. to her face, but she hears it. Right. And then she's obviously upset. She's crying in the bathrooms. They do save her from the troll, but that was all Harry. Yeah, right. Like, Ron, Ron like... just came along for the ride. <laughs> and he never apologizes to her. Yep. And I'm like, that's fucked up, Ron. That's yep. fucked up. 
Mm-hmm. So for me, Hermione is the MVP of and this And then film. Hermione, if I was, you know, later once they started liking each other, I'm like, now say you're sorry. Definitely. <laughs> you also, though, get the sense eventually, too, though, in this, even in this first one, of how kind of, like, scary Hermione can be. <laughs> like, because even Ron says, like, brilliant, but sometimes terrifying. you're scary. Terrifying. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's accurate because you do already get that outlook very early on of her personality. Yeah. And he's like, I love it. <laughs> I know. So the one thing I will say about this one though, because it is so much of like a setup just of the franchise itself, that the actual main plot line does get kind of like Diluted. Diluted. Yeah, it really does. Because as we've been talking about this, I realize we haven't really been talking much about the actual sorcerer stone like aspects of it because i feel like it almost is second to just you getting introduced to everything and getting your history and backstory but i will say when it does finally lead up to it and you do know that the the back of his head yeah that yeah it's quarrel with fucking Voldemort sustaining him on the back of his head he's been staying alive by unicorn blood right so again you're getting the introduction of the forbidden forest all these different locations you know that kind of thing but Harry had no qualms, like, just murking Professor Yeah, Quirrell. he's like, oh. <laughs> just just <laughs> on his face. <laughs> and I'm so confused of why Harry's hands melted him. I think it was, like, his mother's love is in his hands. And it still affected Quarrel in that state because of Voldemort. Okay, like, yeah. okay. So okay. Voldemort was still sensitive to it. Yeah. Like, basically, I guess, was the explanation. Love. Yeah. Because he was like, that's why, at that one point, he explains, he was like, it's in your DNA, Harry, or in your right. skin, or something like that. Like, <laughs> And he's yeah. like, dead. And he- I just think it's funny that Coral was the, he was been that teacher for years. Yeah. Because they said Snape's won that position from him for years. Mm-hmm. That Weasley little motherfucker yeah. was a teacher for years. Yeah. And it was all like a long con just to get Harry. I don't know if it was a long con. Uh, or but he was always on the dark side. Maybe secretly. I feel like that's also kind of like what they set you up to as well in the first one of just knowing that not everyone can be trusted. That Voldemort had such a divide, you know, of the wizarding community. But you still use, again, it's a glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. Like in the second movie is when obviously they're going to go further into that because uh, of the because of the nature of the Chamber of Secrets. But in this one, you're just getting, yeah, I feel like those inklings of, yeah, he can't, he couldn't even trust his defense against the dark art teacher. Right. You know, He's supposed to be teaching him things to protect him. Yeah, from Voldemort and yeah. people like him. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. But having that head on the back of his head. It uh, was like funny. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> My favorite part, was though, is the chess, the live chess scene when Ron's like, save yourself now. <laughs> And it seems so silly because you're like, why don't you just get jump on, off like, the horse? Jump off the horse when as he's gonna... it's yeah. You don't have to stay on the whole fucking time. You can jump off. There's no seatbelt. Nothing's yeah. keeping you on there. Uh, Way to be a drama queen, Ron. <laughs> Especially when they told you to hold still. And you're like, <laughs> I know. They're like, calm down. No, I'm gonna freak out more. Yeah. So you kind of always get to from early on that Ron is kind of the weakest link in the friend group. Yeah. A little bit. Ron's so. the one kind. He kind of, but he will come in clutch when need be. Yeah. So he did do that much. And they do go through the three stages conveniently that have been foreshadowed throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but again, it feels diluted because they they so casually threw in those little things. And then, oh, look, we tied it up with a bow. But yeah. again, it's a kid's movie. That's how it needs to be. Exactly. And it is Because you be... don't want it to be too difficult to follow. Exactly. I mean, especially when it's that long. Uh, yeah. And, it, like, they're supposed to be 11 anyway. Right. So, you get that through your head, you got it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so it ends on that note, and then they uh, basically are going to end the school year, and that was our kind of first introduction um, into... Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Um, I do like, though, where I believe it's Hermione says something like, oh, it feels weird going back home, and of course Harry responds, I'm not going home. Not really. I know. Because Hogwarts has now become his home. So sad. I'm like, why can't he just live there? There's no way they can just let him live there permanently, like a boarding school. There's nobody there. Like, he can just live with Filch. (laughs) (laughs) He can't live with Hagrid in his cabin? Like, Hagrid just can't be his guardian? Apparently not. I guess it's not. I love how in the wizarding world, like, like there's crazy wizard shit. But yeah, they're like, well, we have to be right about Harry and his guardians. Why? No, they don't want him anyway. And they're muggles. Exactly. And Harry has his own money. Yeah. Oh, one, one more thing I did forget that we should have mentioned is I just also, like, thought it was hilarious in the ending scene. They give the house cup, and Slytherin wins, and then Dumbledore's like, nah, bitch, because of recent events, and totally just, like, basically humiliates Slytherin in front of the whole school and yeah. takes their, like, win away. Yep. <laughs> just cracked me up. And that Neville came in as OG because he gave them the extra 10 points because he stood up to them at one point. Right. And that was the part where Hermione's scary because she fucking petrifies oh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, freaking Neville. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's where you're like, oh, shit. Sorry about it. Zap. Yeah. No, and she had no qualms doing no. it. Mm-mm. So I just, yeah, that was my last favorite. That was actually one of my also favorite scenes of this movie. That he was like, psych. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Y'all suck. I know. That's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, that was. Uh, it's because secretly, even the teachers, nobody likes the fucking Slytherins. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, ha ha, Slytherins, in your face. <laughs> I know what Andrew was talking about, where he was like, he was like, why did they even still like keep this house and like considering the, hate the so history <laughs> too like yeah it was like it's so weird i was like well they have to have you have to have the antagonist mm-hmm. <laughs> there has to be someone damn it um so i just thought that was hilarious so that was how they ended it basically it was like fuck you so yeah it was funny um what were your favorite scenes I do like the beginning when Hagrid mm-hmm. comes and rescues him. Yeah. Fly away in his motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part. Um, the whole Diagon Alley setup, you know, the introduction, mm-hmm. him getting his wand. And yeah. That's just the general. The general magic. Introduction to the magic. Yeah. yeah. And the feast scenes. Yes. It just feels that. very, yeah, like... It just to, feels magical. Yeah, very Christmassy to me. Mm-hmm. And just, like, Comfy winter cozy. time. Yeah, so... Uh, that's why I kick it off around this season. We hope that you also join us for the <laughs> mini-series as well. And I will be uh, giving you a short and sweet... I don't even know if we could call it a review? Maybe more of a... Well, I don't know, kind of funny. It's not a listicle, <laughs> I don't on know. your face. What? <laughs> Like, hmm, 
Well, that was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. We hope that you will continue to join us for the mini-series that I will be doing for my Eight Nights of Harry Potter. With that, that's pretty much going to be ending um, our full episodes, though, for the year. Just, again, thank you everyone who has stuck with us since the beginning. And listened. Yeah, and listened. We also want to thank every new listener that has also decided to join us. Um, again, there's been a couple of more little pop-ups on the map, uh, in South America and Mexico. So, nice. hola, <laughs> um, bienvenidos. <laughs> um, we want to continue to do what we're doing and just, uh, keep it fun and everything. And we also want to thank to, uh, all the other podcasters that we've met this year as well. It's been really great getting to, um, connect and network a little more and just share opinions and have fun talking about movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to 2024. We're going to have a fun lineup, I think, the next year. I think we're getting more in the flow of... Yes. Um, getting better every yeah. season. Every season. Just like Frasier. <laughs> I don't know. You can't be the first season. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope everyone has a uh, very Merry Christmas, Happy Yule, uh, good Winter Solstice, good New Year, uh, and we'll see you guys in oh January when it comes to full episodes. And as always, you can find us at FilmGazers on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) On Twitter is where you find the Discord link or X, whatever the fuck it's called. I'm still, that's going to be part of our new year is me transitioning the Discord invite link probably to something different. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Yeah, because we literally never use that. Uh, Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'm just. I don't even have it on. Yeah, the, the progression it's taken, I'm like, eh. I've never gotten into it. I'm like, I don't need to. Time to hit the dusty trail. Until next time. Later, taters. We'll see you in 2024. We'll see you next year.